In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me three people in the studio. I have with me three. Uh, well, what's that to me? Uh, I have with me Austin the Inquisitor. Hello. And I have with me Garen Stead. That's me. And I am your host, Bob Kirschman. And welcome to this episode of the podcast, the Galaxy Cast, that is now covering three. the Mandalorian. Woohoo! Woohoo! I'm so excited about that. But before we get to the Mandalorian tonight, we're going to cover some other stuff that's become a big deal on the big news lately and just kind of big things and big. It's all big. Spoiler, we're going to be seeing Taskmaster today. Yeah, well, not just Taskmaster. All sorts of other cool stuff, too. So we're going to talk first about the Marvel Studios release of the Black Widow trailer, the very first trailer we've seen of the Black Widow. We're going to talk about the very last TV spot of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, which by the time we're recording this, we are now officially 13 days away from the release of the last Star Wars film that is going to cover the Skywalker trilogy. And today well, was the release of the fifth trilogy. episode of Mandalorian, so we are behind, but... We'll get there. Relax. I haven't gotten there yet. We're going to talk about why Jango and Boba Fett may or may not be Mandalorians, and I have my own take on it, and I think people are getting it wrong. And then we're going to talk about Mandalorians taking their buckets off, and why is this a controversy, and more importantly, why is the cosplay community at each other's throats about this? Oof, I didn't know that was a situation. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's first talk about the Black Widow trailer. Uh, what did you guys... What, what was the thing that, like, grabbed your attention uh, about the Black Widow trailer? Well, first off, it's Taskmaster. I get to see the costume finally and look at it. And as the person who cosplays as Taskmaster, not toot my own horn, and I know you do that for Black Knight. Looking at it now, I can kind of see what they're doing to it. I can adjust the basic stuff and work up. Yeah. It looks a lot more armored than the original. Well, it definitely is more stylized than the, the one that you've done. Now, for those who don't know what we're talking about, the the new Taskmaster 
it, it looks a little more. I guess the best way I could put it is, is this is like a tactical version, kind of with a biker helmet too. of the Taskmaster. Well, a lot of people have complained that it looks like he's out to go shoot some people doing some paintball. <laughs> Because he's got a paintball-esque look to him. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the hood off, which I we were noticing was a big thing, like the hood's yeah. off. But the color scheme on the hood is very reminiscent of... And and the colors and... of the armor are that. Now, some people pointed out that they did the same thing with Captain America. They stylized him. They gave him more of a that, that look. But, I mean, when you look at Taskmaster through the years in other places other than... Like, they were using the looks art. like this more and more, like... Yeah, I don't know where it, that one comes comic book wise. It, it definitely is more stylized than anything we've ever seen from the Taskmaster before. Um, now, I was telling Gary, I'm not a fan of this version of the Taskmaster. To be honest with you, I I like the old skull look uh, with the hood. I like the shield, which I'm noticing that it doesn't seem prevalent in this it, particular. It might be something he preview anyway. It might be something he has to. Isn't Taskmaster the person he learns? movements by watching people. Yeah, maybe. so he maybe he hasn't maybe. watched Cap yet to, yeah, move, to learn his movements, and that's a possibility. And Red, uh, all right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Go ahead. This is supposed to be like a prequel to like uh, Natasha's uh, backstory and everything? That's my understanding, yes. What we're supposed to be seeing is like the background story of Natasha, but told through, but told through modern means. So basically, my understanding is we are now like, and it starts off after the end of Endgame, right? Well, not end of game. Uh, what, what was the last one we watched? Infinity uh, War. Infinity War. So she Infinity Wars Endgame. ended. She's walking away from Shield. She's walking away from the Avengers. But now there's problems left over from her first life before she became an Avenger. And, and at least is my understanding of, of what's going to happen on it, uh, then she's going to have to go back and fix the problems from before she became an Avenger. And so then you're going to see some back flat, you know, flashbacks and stuff that, about how she became who she is. At least that's my understanding of it. But they, mm-hmm. apparently by the end of the movie, she's walking away as Black Widow. Now, the one thing they have not answered, does Natasha Romanoff walk away as Black Widow and now her sister... Takes it over. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, mm. we all know the blonde girl becomes Black Widow at some point. Right. Does she just take it over after this movie? I, I don't know. Say, they don't really say. What if she picks it up after Endgame because Widow died? Remember? The Soul Stone. In order to get the Soul Stone. Well, that is the question that's up in the air. How are we having a movie after Endgame if she's dead? It would be taking place prior to Endgame. Well, that's the weird thing. That's. It's, I'm, so, I'm thinking it's taking place right after Civil War, or not Civil War, but Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Okay. Yeah, see, that's what I'm wondering, too, but that at least the, the way it's gotten presented right. at Comic-Con and stuff like that, that's not the way it's been presented. And the Taskmaster that your guys are complaining about the costume and all that? Yeah. Isn't the Taskmaster. Not, like, do you think, like, at all, or do you think just, like, not full-on Taskmaster yet? At all. I think they're in Budapest. Okay. Oh, you're talking about the Hawkeye Black Widow thing they well, mentioned yes. too. There is supposed to be yes, there is supposed to be um, an and, entire scene in Budapest, right? But what I'm saying is, is I'm thinking that that's Clint in that outfit. Oh, I get what you're saying. But be- that be- be- you... before he becomes the Ronin. But the only because uh, uh... that that whole outfit looks looks very Clint esque. It, yeah. it, it, it's a combination of Hawkeye and Ronin's. Uh, yeah, I can see what you're saying. It, if what had happened in Civil War had happened, he's basically secured modern to his house. 
Yeah, I, I'm saying ignore that for a minute. If you're flashbacking, okay, that's Clint before he became an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. when he was working for the U.S. government as Taskmaster. Right? Am I getting this wrong, yeah. Gary? I think I know where you're going with this. And that he's actually going after Romanoff right. as Taskmaster. I thought in the comic books, prior to being... The heck with the comic books. When have <laughs> they ever followed the I, comic books? Exactly. <laughs> I decided I, I, after the Infinity War that we're just going to screw I, with the comic I, books. I, I really hate to, to burst your bubble on your, your character and everything, Austin, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's more... It's not a bad story, to be honest. I was thinking this is more an early version of him, and we know he's it accurate is. with a bow, but that... In time, after fighting Red Guardian, who has a shield, he learns how to but, fight with a shield. And but why not? Why not say Taskmaster? And I'm pretty sure it is. Is just a code name. Kind of like Black Widow is right. a code name. So you're saying that Clint had the Taskmaster code name at some point, and now in the future, somebody else could have the Taskmaster code name. Mm. Does that? Do you get what I'm saying? Right. Just like the Mandarin. Correct. Yeah. yeah. We're thinking that's what they're going to do with the Mandarin, which would make sense too. So, mm. right. These, these are all doable things they can do because you don't see him with the shield. Yeah, but so far you haven't seen him with the shield. Right, and that's one of the things you guys are complaining about. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not seeing the, the full on skull face. The mask. Yep. yep. And the whole pose, and even his body build and everything, it looks like. Uh, now you say it, I see what you're saying. It does kind of have that look of Clint. Yeah. Right. But so it's. A, I like it. I like it. If it's what they decide to do, it's kind of a cool idea. I like yeah. It. I'm I'm not saying Gary's wrong. I'm just I'd think it'd be something completely different, but and it would explain the whole comment about Budapest doesn't matter or right. right now or whatever, because if he was going after her, that's all in the past, right? right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't play a role here. Yeah. Hey, you could officially be Hawkeye. Think about that. Don't look down on this. Look up at it. He's all depressed now. No, He's like, no. I wanted to be a bad guy, man. I wanted to be a bad guy. Yeah. You're still a bad guy. You went after Natasha. But it I, just means people will hate you because they like Romanoff. I was going to say. And, and nobody likes Clint. Nobody likes Clint. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But I had thought, this, is, this might be more a comic book version, but prior to him being Hawkeye, he was, Hawkeye is the circus of crime. But he worked in the circus of crime. He was but again, you're going off of that. I know I'm going off the comic the book. The TV show, even. <laughs> That's not even in the comics. What what TV show? You're talking about uh, um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Well, it was mentioned in Avengers Assemble, first off, but the second off, this is the modern age comic. It's Marvel now. There's a entire comic book line of Hawkeye. Ah, uh, the modern age of comics that I completely ignore. Because <laughs> I've seen, never read it. I've only seen bits and pieces of it, but some of the original, I want to say, Silver or Bronze Age one had mentioned the Circus of Crime, and he was in it in the early years. And, and, I, and I look at this whole thing that Disney owns uh, Marvel. Marvel messed up Star Wars for me, and it's going to mess up. Marvel for you. <laughs> Disney, you mean, messed up Star Wars for you, and he's got messed up Marvel for you. I don't think it's. I don't think it's done with seeing up the Star Wars. I think it's gonna still. I think it's gonna fix itself, and I think no. Favreau and <laughs> okay. Filoni are gonna fix it. It's too late for them to fix it for me. Come on, the Mandalorian's been good as so far. So far, yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay, <laughs> before we get hung up on this, let's move on. Okay, so let's talk about the latest trailer. There was a TV spot. It was a 30-second TV spot uh, released for The Rise of Skywalker that came out... When did this come out? This came out the weekend of one of the... Oh, I know. It was Thanksgiving weekend during the playoffs. That's when it actually came out. 
you know, when we, we watched it together, any thoughts that you guys had? Like, we, we, we looked at some things that stuck out uh, in this particular one. And I, I didn't know if you guys had thoughts about the scenes that we saw that stuck out. A lot of it was just a lot of the same scenes, like them running along the edge of this, the one Star Destroyer. Which I still do. You guys like that? Like, is that a cool image? Them? I don't like it. Part of me is like they're in space. How are they running on a star destroyer in space? What Unless if, they're dry docked or something. I was but, gonna say, what if they're dry docked in an atmosphere of a large eh, planet? Still, I just don't buy it. <laughs> Part of me just says I don't buy that. But okay, maybe that could be a possibility. But what did you guys think of some of the other stuff that we saw? Now we saw some pretty cool things in here that was pretty, pretty spectacular when you think about it uh, we we you know we see ray and kylo coming back at each other although i find it interesting that kylo decides to turn his lightsaber around backwards almost like a swordsman would do right yeah except um, it's a lightsaber you would be scratching your own back and well you'd be burning your own hand or leg or both depending on how you're holding the sword especially how he's got his cross blade kind of thing it's probably burning his wrist. This whole broadsword idea was so stupid to begin with. <laughs> I want to know who designed this lightsaber, because we should take this person out back and beat them with a wet paper bag, because that's really no, stupid. No, 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 we beat them with regular lightsabers, to just prove how Yes, yes, we beat are. them with the uh, Hasbro version of the lightsaber, until <laughs> it breaks. Well, that'll be about four hits, and it's done, but... I um, want to know what the what cannon behind heads. Ray is, because I've seen this shot so many times, I'm trying to figure the out... The cannon what... behind Ray? Yeah, it's that a, it's a Death Star. That's, it's, it's, one Death of the, Star. it's one of the it's one of the turbo lasers from like the trench run. The towers, boys. Yeah, that doesn't look like them. They're supposed to be square. Okay, it, it, it's, but remember, it's the second Death Star that wasn't completed yet. It, it, okay, it's it's part of the clock tower from Back to the Forge. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, there you go. Save the clock tower. <laughs> what? So oh. the next scene that we saw was all seven members of the Knights of Ren overlooking a valley. Uh, and I just thought it was interesting because now we're finally starting to see them with their weaponry and their look. And I mean, uh, I like it. I like the look of the Knights of Ren. I'm actually considering doing the sniper as a costume. I'm really like... They just remind me of like Seven Samurai. <laughs> well, and I think that is going to be a reference in it. I think that's going to be a strong reference well, to Seven well, Samurai. Well, if, if we can get the rest of them together, I'll do the hammer. Okay. So there you go. We just need, uh, what, uh, five other people to join yep. in with us. Maybe Austin, those will be four other people. The Which cle- one are you going to do, Austin? The cleaver guy looks really cool. Oh, you're going to do the swordsman? You're going to kill me. I Oh, man. If I have to make a big sword like that, like some anime sword, I swear, if you hit somebody with it at a con, I'm not even, I'm not even I going could, there. I could do worse. I could do guts. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah, Goku and have a... <laughs> well, no, Goku wouldn't be anything sword Whatever, there. whatever. Goku, Jesus, Ignoring all anime and moving forward, <laughs> the next scene we... Officially, again, see a stormtrooper with a jetpack. Why does everybody think this is a big deal? Uh, did you ever figure that out, Gary? I, I can't. Oh, you get to see stormtroopers with a jetpack. Ooh. And I'm kind of like, jetpacks <laughs> have been around for a long Like, if you've played video games, if you've. If you played the Battlefront 2 game, there's a whole rocket right, there's trooper There's a whole class. rocket trooper class. So, why is this such a big People are like, oh, they fly. And I'm like, uh, they've been able to fly since the Clone Wars. Where have you all been? But, but whatever. The, the thing I have to laugh about is the. Snowmobile that they're uh, riding. The sled they're on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why are we riding a snowmobile in the desert? Has, I can't well, figure that it, out for it, me. It, it's like a tank. I guess it is. Yeah, it's got tracks it kinda like that. Looks huh? like, it kind of looks like the bikes for Hondo's crew. If you kind remember of, from yeah, Clone Wars, yeah. that like, weird angle thing. Yeah. 
What is this shot with all C-3PO parts? <laughs> well, I think they're in a droid factory or a droid... Like, well, look at it. You, have a, you literally have a C-3PO And we noticed in other scenes... There. Yeah, we noticed in other scenes and in the background and other shots, there's a droid decon in the background. There's, yeah, I heard, heard that because I, re- uh, I realized... There's a battle droid. Yeah, a battle droid, yeah. I just think he's in a droid repair shop and I think they're splicing him into something. I think it's why he turns red. His eyes turn red. I have a theory about that, actually. Okay. Well, what, what rewatching, rewatching well, the Clone Wars... Most of the Separatist droids, especially the super tactical droids, have red eyes. What if he's trying to hack Separatists or Palpatine's files from, like, Dooku's end? Well, I think, yeah, I think what happens is he decides to infiltrate the Imperial database, and he knows he's going to get shut down when he does it. That's why he's saying goodbye to his friends. Okay. What happened? That's my theory. What happened is when... uh... He got oh, no, blown. That's, that's wiring. That's what I see. Now. Sorry. When, when he got blown apart in the pieces in the Empire Strikes Back, there, he uh, Vader found them and, and put in all uh, his data into them. Mm. <laughs> and they're extracting it now. Now they're extracting it. Okay. There is actually a comic book reference to that. It would be funny if C three PO has been their spy this whole time yeah. and they could see everything through his eyes. And then he'd be going through all Star Wars going, Oh my gosh, look at all the stuff C three PO saw. <gasps> the Empire saw that. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. That's... He's like the NSA of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Just not necessarily aware of that he's being a spy. <laughs> so they're gonna walk around and put little things over his eyes. <laughs> I can't um, see Master Electrical tape. <laughs> electrical tape. No, no, yeah. just pull the eye sockets out. You can do that. Banana leaves. <laughs> and the emperor. emperor. Ooh, excellent. <laughs> so, again, we have this scene with all the Star Destroyers. I still think this is like a docking station, is what I think it is. Don't you think, Gary, like, there's a bunch of dreadnoughts that have all been docked, right? Or are being built, maybe, and have docked. At least that's the impression I get. They're too evenly spaced to have to be moving, I think. Don't you? Yeah. And they've yeah. got to be in some sort of dry dock or, or something. Or they could have uh, continually, like, controlled... Now, now go, go back and, and watch that little scenery here, Bob. Okay. Who is she? Because I want to know. That's uh, Finn's new girlfriend. Oh, okay. See, the reason why I don't think he's actually stabbing it through... Oh, I see. It he's moving. Really, it doesn't move. Yeah, yeah. It looks like he's kind of doing what he did with the beginning of the film. where he's got So the we're, we're noticing this scene where it's Kylo, and he's got the lightsaber kind of behind his arm. I thought maybe he was stabbing the creature behind him. Maybe he's not. But what's got me interested is the creature behind him. Uh, I think he looks very uh, buggy, like arachnid type. It, what's the thing from Dark Crystal that's the bugs that walk around? Yeah, I forget what they're called. It, it, it's his Yoda. You think it's his version of Yoda? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So we move on to Poe talking about, you know, they all are going to have to convince people to fight, and Rose Tico's doing the same thing. And then we have our scene going across the deck of a Star Destroyer, and for the first time we see some more Sith Troopers off to the right. I noticed that the first time I watched it. Oh, I didn't notice that until you just pointed it out. Yeah, uh, that was the first time we Wait, saw go them. go back, because the engines are on. What yeah. engines? Go back, go back, back, back a little more. On to the, look behind them. All the engines are on. Look at all the blue lights. Yeah, well, just because the engines are lit up doesn't mean they're moving. Although I thought it was kind of interesting; these kind of looked like vulture droids that were Those, flying uh, in between. I think it's yeah. the I think it's uh, the shuttle for uh, oh f- the first order first order shuttle. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. And or, then I thought they have or, the most, or, or maybe that super tie tie. Oh yeah, the new thing. tie interceptor. Yeah, kind of like four look like. Yeah, 
And I thought they had the most beautiful shot ever. And of all the shots we've seen in the... In the yeah. I, I think deep. this is the like one that almost made me get a little emotional. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. So we got Ray on the left side, and you got uh, Kylo on the right, and behind the two of them is the throne room. And it, it's undeniable from Return of the Jedi, but it's just completely destroyed. It's combobulated, but I, I love that shot. It's one of my favorite shots. And then we see some more Sith Troopers, this time up close and personal. We watch one missing and another one getting killed. You know, typical Stormtrooper style. We what see some X-Wing nice. fighting. Because it looks like an A-Wing attacking that uh, x <coughs> That's what I was thinking right there, because just based on the way they spin. Oh, yeah, he's coming at him, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, that is an A-Wing going on an X-Wing. Maybe it was that one had to turn around, or they were no, who knows? attacking the same TIE fighter. And then we have a few more cut shots, and it's the end. That's it's, the end. That's it. Like, That's all you wow. get. Wow. Yep. So... 30-second spot, and I think it had more questions in that 30 seconds than I probably had in all the other... Uh, <laughs> all the other trailers combined. Yeah. Right, what do you guys think? Are you ready for Rise of Skywalker? Are we all ready for this? Are we amped for this? Are we pumped? I'm a bit worried that they're going to try to put too much in all at once. It is the longest-running movie of this franchise. Of the entire franchise, right. It's supposed to be, what, close to three hours, right? Two and, I like, believe... Didn't two Adrian... hours and 45 or something like that. Yeah. Didn't Abrams say in an interview that he wants to tie up every loose end that was happening in Clone Wars, in Rebels, in that's his goal. Resistance, and every show that's happened? That's his that's goal. That's a lot of loose ends. It is. But maybe and he's got his... I don't know. But that's what I was saying to Gary, because Gary, I know you've been worried about it being another Return of the Jedi, you know, since everything else has been remake, right? The last one had a kind of a Empire Strikes Back feel to it. The first one had a very much a, a New Hope feel. I know you've been worried about a Return of the Jedi feel. I don't think that's possible here. Do you? It could. You think it could? Yep. I, I kind of could see where he has that concern, but I also see your point of view where it's like... We've painted ourselves in such a weird corner. I don't think you can do it. I really don't. I, I, the, I don't know. The, the, first, only, the first sign of an Ewok? <laughs> no. I will agree with you there. If we get some weird creature like an Ewok that suddenly needs help destroying you know, the, the First Order, then okay. I'll be like, all right, that's it. Flag on the play. We're um, in Return of the Jedi. Maybe, maybe that's what's on the back of Kyle Ren. <laughs> no, I don't, no, I don't want to hear that. If it's arachnids, I'm out. No, uh, I'm saying like, like the you black what? crystal meets uh, <laughs> Star Wars or whatever. I would love to remember what that creature's hey, called. Hey, maybe it's those arachnids from that planet. That was the A-wing pilot <laughs> attacking them. <laughs> That'd be awesome. And they've been listening to you this whole yes. time. Yes, <laughs> she well, she's the one that's behind okay, the, the first order. We have not seen a lot okay, of Filoni, that. Okay, excellent, excellent. We have yes. not seen a lot of that last shot where it's like the party town. I would wonder because if the like the celebration at the end. Yeah, that one scene where they they, they show the whole the town and there's and just they, like a whole party. Yeah, town. and there's like color flying up in the air and stuff. That's supposed to be like the the ending shot. And I have Chewie's in that shot. It looks like correct or am I wrong? Not that I saw. Okay, so let's say just because you guys had that theory of. Pretty much all the major characters left of the Skywalker sagas and the Falcon, and it blows no, up. No, no, no. Let me correct that. It's not pretty much. All the old characters of the old trilogy will be gone after this movie. I've said the ones aside from... I was trying to say Leia dies early on, and you had the rest of them in the that final battle scene, and the Falcon and them sacrifice. I still think... I'm, I'm actually starting to lean towards Gary's thing. I think everybody's going to be in the Falcon. 3PO, R2, Chewie, and Lando. All in the Falcon. That's what I was saying. Not I said. And I Leia think the Falcon out. gets destroyed. That's what I was going for. I didn't get to finish. I was saying Leia's not there because she dies earlier in the film. I well, that's already been confirmed. Yeah. yeah. And I understand she has a lightsaber in her hand when she dies. Who Leia does? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I would love to see that. That's, um, why, that's why I hear. 
don't know how true it is. Now, so, Gary, you also had a theory based on a poster you saw, right? <laughs> about the Falcon, which is what? What's that? What what was what was the poster you saw and what's your theory? Okay, about a, it? A, a, a picture of Ray looking away from us. Right. She's got the lightsaber in her left hand and the Falcon coming at her almost in a dive and it's split right in half. Mm. Okay. Which now lands my theory. That the Falcon is considered a character. So no, that's, 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 well, that that's, is, that's, that's a thing. I mean, that's a thing. That's a Star Wars thing. There's no around that. My theory is everything goes 180. Ray becomes evil. Her first act of evil is to destroy the Millennium Falcon. Kylo saves the day. And not, turns to the light. I, I, was, I wasn't going anywhere near that. I was saying, is there any way a Wookiee could have survived through everything going on, that he could be in the party town alongside some other creatures that we could have. I'm telling you, I think they're going to kill all the old characters. I'm saying we have a new Wookiee take up and be co-piloting with Finn over a ship. <laughs> Finn dies too. Yeah. What? Well, I am just behind the eight ball today, aren't and, I? And, and I? And I also believe Ray dies. I think so too. I think I agree with Gary on and this. The, and the reason why I say that is because she will not play Ray ever again. Right. Right. I think Ray's done after this movie. I think I agree with you. I think Poe's done. I think Ray's done. I think Finn's done. I think you're going to see. I think you're going to be walking out of the theater where every hero is gone. I, I, and I, you're gonna you're gonna feel the same way out of, after this one. And Gary, see, it, it, you feel the same way I do, right? You'll probably walk out of this one kind of like you did after Endgame, going, "Wow." Like, yeah, they just killed they, every major if, character. If they do that, one, you have that kid that has been mentioned that has a contract. You're right. What's going to happen with that? Who's going to teach him how to use the the, the force and everything? Because obviously he's got to get taught. Baby Yoda, Yoda, da, da, da. Baby Yoda, Yoda, Yoda. Okay. How far away is this from here, from the Mandalorian? There's only a 10-year gap, right? Something like that. Five like baby Yoda wouldn't be old enough to teach him because he wouldn't even know. Uh, remember, Baby Yoda's 50 Already fifty, but that would make him so only 60. sixty, maybe seventy or eighty by the time the kids. So now he's a youngling and he's teaching somebody. He's already using the force, which we're getting ahead in the Mandalorian. We haven't even technically um, reviewed that yet. Like I told Bob, the episode before Rise of Skywalker comes out. Yeah, there's gonna be a major spoiler. Sorry, the Mandalorian is going to tie up with. Right, of Skywalker. I hate you both. I hope you know this. And it's going to be, it's going to be on a Wednesday that the the Mandalorian comes out on. Right. So Mandalorian comes out Wednesday. Movie comes out Thursday. So that's how much of a major spoiler I think this is going to be. They're going to reveal a major character. It's not really going to be a spoiler, or not. It's just going to. Well, be it's a, just going to well, like here's I, where the pair character starts in, and then it it ties into the Rise of Skywalker. I still want to believe this theory too that. And Gary keeps saying it because we have not seen the body that Mace Windu is still alive out there, and that he could be possibly taking up as being Grandmaster. He would Maybe be, we don't we don't know be yet. Wicked old, but he could have survived. We don't know yet. Okay, so let's move speculation, on. Speculation, speculation, speculation. Speaking of speculation, <laughs> I want to get into something that's not speculation because I want to be very clear. We just read an article earlier tonight about Screen Rant talking about. How the Mandalorian has confirmed that Django and Boba Fett cannot be Mandalorians. Now, to preface uh, now, before I start, Gary, do you agree with the article or disagree with it? Because in the article, they basically say there's no way Django and Boba are Mandalorians. 
Do you agree with that or do you, do you disagree with that? I can see their points, but I don't agree with it. Okay, good. Um, I don't agree with it either. I Do you think Boba and Jango Fett are Mandalorians? No. You don't think they're Mandalorians? I think Jango is Mando trained, but he fled. Okay. Because that's what... So I, I, oh, okay. I think all of this comes to a... Con- well, a out of a confusion about what a Mandalorian is. Right. Well, but before you get into it, okay. I will agree. Boba is not. Isn't. He's more a bounty hunter than. I, I can agree. No, no. I can agree with. I can agree with that. Because <coughs> they say he's just a clone of Jango. Okay. All right. He wasn't properly trained in the Mandalorian lore and stuff. Because they don't show him with. The Mandalorians growing up and everything else. It's always with uh, Hondo and Naka and Arasing and, and, and that. Let, let me put this one out there. Just as a thought process. Maybe he isn't a Mandalorian early on. But after being an adult for a while, he gets picked up by some Mandalorians. Finally gets trained in their way since he's already wearing their armor. And thus the reason, by the way, he becomes Mandalore. I know that's legacy now, but let's just say that's the case. So he doesn't start off Mandalorian, but he later on ends up Mandalorian just because he figures, well, I got the armor on, right? Might as well learn from this thing. And hey, dad was one, so why not become one? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. No. So I, I want to clarify something because there's a lot of confusion about what being a Mandalorian is. And this is what bothers me about this article. It assumes that a Mandalorian is a species. It is not. I want to be clear about that. Karen Travis was very clear about what Mandalorians are. They are a mixed culture of different species. They are not any one species. You do not have to be from Mandalore to be a Mandalorian. Matter of fact, you don't have to be from Concord Dawn. You don't have to be from anything like that to be a Mandalorian. But we've never seen a tweet like Mando. We haven't seen a yes, we have. where and when. In the comic books. Comic books are legend. Whatever, suck it. It exists, <laughs> but they're. Legend. I'm sorry. It, it it exists. Karen Travis wrote it in. It exists. Okay, I can understand where both of you guys are. But isn't Karen Travis's books considered part of Legends? Technically, no, because I'll tell you why it's not. They used some of her stuff in the Clone Wars. You can't write that out. They use some of her stuff, not all. A of majority it. of her stuff is in the Clone Wars. They show Mandalorians training clones, right? No, I thought it was two bounty hunters. No, they showed Mandalorians specifically training clones. It was Brick and what's his face? No. Yes. No. Yes. They specifically show Mandalorians. You're not through the whole show yet. That's why. No, I'm. When you get farther into the show, they're going to show Mandalorians training clones. That's how they get as good as they are at their shooting ability. Why do you look so confused about this? Because in the episode of season two or three, episode one. No, no, no. You got to get into season five. That's why. You're not far enough yet. I'm telling you. They're Mandalorian. Gary, am I wrong? Did the, the Mandalorians train the clones in the Clone Wars? We talked about the it. The only episode that shows the clone training is the episode titled Clone Cadets. No, that's not right. Later on, you'll see them training again. Well, again, the biggest problem I have with the Clone Wars is... It's not in chronological right. order. But Clone Cadets is the only one where you see the training academy. Uh, I am 99.9% sure on that. Is that the one with uh, the, the... Fives, Echo, Heavy, 
cut up. What's the other one? But those are the nulls. <laughs> the nulls? They made it to. They made it to clones. <laughs> no, the, they the, weren't. The hunch, they were nulls. The hunchback clone. Which one was he? Ninety nine. All right. He's a null. And he was trained by. Amandel. Yep. He was, but the unit known as Domino Squad, which did make it to cadets and clone troopers and were on the Rushi base, that only Fives and Echo survived because they were killed. They were all trained by clones. They were trained by the Brickhead dude and then the other guy who's got like the V-shaped head. I'm just telling you, it's canon now. Mandalorians trained the clones. If you can't get out of it, it's there. Okay. No, just put all that aside okay. for a second. Okay. All right. Okay. You can anyone can become a Mandalorian. That's the one thing I've always loved about the culture of the Mandalorian. They picked up the dregs of society. So if you were a castaway in your society, the Mandos would pick you up. They would train you in the Mandalorian way, and they would bring you into the clan. Okay. And the idea was family first. In other words, the clone or the, not the clone, the Mandalorian family becomes your family. And that it's not about blood. It's not about who you're born into. That's the one thing I've always liked about man, the Mando concept. That family is what you make it, right? It's not about who you're related to. It's not about who birthed you. It's not about your brother, sister, and It's not just that. Yes, that's your family. But that you can have another family outside of that. I mean, think about our life. We've got our family, but we have a real family. Gary's part of our, our other family, right? Hondo's part of our other family. Ned's part of our other family. Yeah. We have brothers and sisters that are part of our other family. Why? Because we very much believe in the Mandalorian way. And I'm not saying that we're, like, living the Mando life and I'm some crazy nut job that walks around speaking Mandoa all the time. It's not that you, at all. You really would love to do that. But I what, I, what I am saying is... is I like that concept so much. I've lived it in my life. And I think a lot of people actually agree with the concept of the Mandalorians. Now, going back to Boba and Django, I actually do understand the argument about Boba not being a Mandalorian. I actually kind of understand it. I could see where we might undo that, and that's fine. But I want to be clear. I am very sure that Django Fett is a Mandalorian. I am very clear well, of that. Well, he had a master, and, and if you played the video game known as Star Wars Bounty Hunter, he makes mention to his... The guy who adopted him and carried him into the Mandalorian lore. I'm forgetting the name of him off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't remember his name yet. Jasper something. I had Django. I I, I should say. Let let me back up a little bit. The Vizsla family. Yes. Was probably a pure-blooded Mandalorian family. Mandalorian family. Okay. The Ren family is probably the the, uh, a pure-blood Mandalorian family. Yeah. Whether that foundlings or younglings or whatever you want to call them. Fat could be a pure blood name too. We just don't know that because we haven't seen any other Fets other than Boba and Jango. Right. I do think there's a lot of things that are left out there right now, and that's part of the problem, right? Right. We don't know much about the lore. I mean, isn't that the draw of The Mandalorian too? I think as a TV show, is there's a lot of questions that are left unsaid at this point. I actually think it generates problems more than good because the more the show goes on, the more questions we get left with that don't get answered. Right. Uh, you know, we start to see clans being formed and stuff like that, which is great. I'm glad we're seeing that for the first time. And it's actually happening on film, which just, to me, kind of, you know, just totally fits in with the mercs right. and makes us feel legitimized, now, you know. Now, my whole argument about the actual Mandalorians and the uh, foundlings or whatever they're called. Yeah. 
is you have the purebloods that their armor are the same. Okay. Color scheme. Everything. Right. Sigils. Okay. Right. Right. Kind of well, like Watchmen. The Watchmen of the Mandos, yeah. Uh, or Death Watch, sorry. The the foundlings are mismatched. Right. Which is the way it should be. Correct. Okay. So Can you I, have the guys that are all lined up like Death Watch. They all look the same. Yep. That, that, those are your pur- purebred Mandalorians straight out of Mandalore or Conquer Dawn related right. to people from there. I can see what you're saying, but then if you've got guys with kit-bashed armor, they're from outside yeah. that group. Right. They might be a whole clan of them, but they're they're from outside of that group. Right. I get it. Is I there can, any I other birthplaces of like, pure-blood Mandos that would be either than Conquer Dawn or Mandalore itself? I think it would be hard considering Mandalore is the planet and Conquer Dawn's the moon. I thought Concordia is a moon. Well, Concordia is too, but Concord Dawn is on Concordia. Concord Dawn, I think, is a city on Concordia. Am I right? I think, I think so. I think that's how okay. it's... Um, or, or, or there could be two moons. Maybe there's two moons, you too. Know, that's a possibility. Concordia but, and Concord Dawn, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Gary. I could see where there's like a pure blood line, right, that all wear the same armor. And, and yeah, I could I could get behind that. I see what you're saying. It, um, it totally makes mentor, sense to Because I did define it. It's called... His name is Jaster Morel. Jester Morale, you're right. Yep, yep, he, yep. he makes reference to it and his ship that Boba uses or Jango uses prior to getting Slave One. Yep, is that ship, and I will hold my points on that because I think it kind of looks like the racing the uh, Razor's crest. All right, so let's jump into the second half of this argument that that started off as a as an article at Screen Rant, and I'm kind of mad at Screen Rant to be honest with you. They started this whole thing. First off, in the latest episode of The Mandalorian, which we're going to talk about later because we're going to do one episode at a time. So you're going to you're going to hear this later. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But in the latest episode, which is episode four, we've not watched the one that came out tonight yet, which is episode five. The Mandalorian says if he takes his helmet off, it completely delegitimizes himself, right? He can't be a Mando anymore, and he'd have to put the armor away and the suit away and everything else. Well, that turned into, uh, I guess the best way you could put it is a flame war. Yep. <laughs> Between costuming groups, which I was just dumbfounded by, online, all of a sudden, a group of people started ripping on the Mandalorian mercs. It started with a picture that went up with a bunch of mercs at, I think, the last celebration, with their helmets off. And we were talking to people, and they circled all the people with their helmets off. (laughs) Our Alorad, by the way, was one of them. Basically said, well, there you go. You know, that Mandalor- these Mandalorians should no longer be a part of the Mercs because they took their buckets off. It's all part of the, this thing. And then as, as time went on and more information comes out, we find out there's this group. And I'm going to out them. I'm sorry. It's out there now. It's kind of hard not to out them. Uh, this group called Project Mayhem, uh, which is a group of basically a bunch of people who, to me, are... Apparently they can't spell Project because they use... Well, no, they did that on purpose because Project Mayhem is actually from Fight Club, and that's how they they uh, spelled it in the Fight Club movie. Oh. Uh, the idea is that they're a bunch of... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there. It's my belief, anyway. This is my personal belief that they're a bunch of elitists that believe that, you know, we need to start being careful about who we let into these groups and that they better meet certain visual guidelines. For example, there shouldn't be such a thing as a fat Kylo Ren... Or there should not, you know, and, and they have a real issue with Mandalorians because we're custom. And their argument is it's so hard to get in the 501st because you have to be screen accurate. Uh, and then they try to back off from the screen accurate thing. Well, we have to look like the character, you know. 
And I'm like, I get that, but there there is high expectations even the Mandalorian mercs. I'm sorry, it's the truth. I helped set them up. I'm, yeah, we, I'm number ten. I, I've been there since the beginning. I'll admit. Now I'll, I'll 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 bite on this one. When we first started, we didn't know where to go from, so we let a lot of things in. Like we really did. We were trying to be as all inclusive as we could. I was going to say you probably let the, a few that had a lot of steampunk elements. Uh, well, I I look back at my first costume and compared to today, and I've never. I don't think I've released pictures since I posted them on Facebook years ago. But my first costume looks ridiculous compared to my com like the original right one where you did like the very the very 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 first one with is, the Wookiee bowcaster. Uh yeah, with my bad Wookiee <laughs> bowcaster. No, I'm th- I'm talking about my one with the double nerf guns. Oh, Remember yeah. with the Sintra holsters I made? And, I mean, it really was. It was uh, for the time. It was the best I could do. But I'm being honest. It it it's not even close it's to the stuff even, that I have now. Yeah. You know, and 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 uh, you know, I really. I get it. I understand what they're saying to an extent. But here's what I will say about the Mercs. We have changed over time. Our standards are much higher. Our expectations are much higher. If you don't believe us, go to the Mercs boards. We'll direct you to it. Well, and, and yeah, go ahead. I dare you. Try to get into the Mercs. That's my other thing, too. All these guys are talking about, well, this and that. And I'm like, well, have you applied to the Mercs? If it's that easy, why aren't you applying and changing it from within? You know, Gary, you had a theory about this, too. What was your theory about why certain people have an issue with the Mercs. Well, Mandos in general. Uh, Jealousy, for one. Yeah, and why do you think they're jealous? Because they have to keep their helmets on when they're a stormtrooper, and they don't really have to talk to kids like we do. Right. In order for me to hear anybody, I have to take my helmet off. In in order for me to talk to somebody, I have to take my helmet off because they can't hear me because I will not mic myself up. Right. And I will not have the... Amp system. Amp, yeah, so that I can hear them and stuff. I I won't do that because I think it's a waste of time and you get feedback all the time of everybody else that has them and stuff. So in order for me to, to, to talk to a kid or talk to a parent or whatever, I have to take my helmet off. Now that, where the armor in the ninety degree day with one hundred and ten percent humidity? Go to Florida and walk outside. <laughs> you know, and, and but, but better yet, walk in the Dragon Con parade. Right. Oh, I did George. that. I did that whole parade with my helmet on. Me, Ned, and Hondo did that the whole thing with our helmet on. Hey. <laughs> I, 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 I looked over and was you, you disappeared on me so I, I didn't know where I had my helmet on the whole time <laughs> <laughs> hey is it, a lo- is it longer than the lilac parade yes oh okay um and uh, and uh, the uh, time before and the time after is a lot longer too uh, like waiting uh, for it yeah okay. Handel Ned and I had ice packs shoved <laughs> shoved into our into your arm go ahead tell them how much effective that ice those ice packs were that ice pack but five was, minutes in, it was gone, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I didn't shove ice packs in. Taking them out. They were warm, weren't they? They were hot. Yeah. They were hot packs. Uh-huh. They were not cold packs. They were hot packs. They were boiling packs. That's, that's, why, that's why I didn't put them in, because I bet they were more uncomfortable after right? they, they stopped being ice packs. There was a, 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 You're better uh, off just sweating. There was, a, there was a guy in a Chewbacca suit behind us that stepped in a pothole and did a nosedive. Yeah, a face plant. Yep, I remember that. The three of us. I, I don't know where I if you were there or not. I, I, I didn't see you. I turned around to help after the fact, but the, yeah. The three of us 
hefted him up and back onto his feet. I was just imagining the situation that happened to you in your nemesis costume and just kind of yeah on a triple so, scale but, because they're on painter stills. Yeah, it, yeah, they weren't tripping over you. So, 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 <laughs> I wasn't there. I was at the table. Tara's the one you were tripping. I was over. Tara. That's you, right. You, you don't, you don't see stormtroopers helping Chewbacca out. So why, why, why not have the stormtroopers help them out? Why? Well, well, I'm gonna really. go one step further, and I'll be honest about this. And if this gets me thrown out of the group, I don't care. I've taken my Thai pellet helmet off in public, and I'll tell you why I've done it. For two reasons. First off, sometimes people can't hear me, even with the amp system on. It's just, in certain conditions, people just can't hear you, even with an amp system on. I've especially taken the helmet off. Again, I'm just being truthful and honest here. When a child is crying because they think I am something yeah. that they don't want right. to see, I, was just getting I take my bucket off to put the child at ease. And what the heck is wrong with that? And if I'm going to have a conversation with a person about the group that I'm promoting, the 501st, Mandalorian, Mercs, whatever, whatever, I don't want to do that through a bucket. It's very impersonal, I think, to talk to somebody about a costuming group that you're in through a helmet or through an amp system. Take the bucket off, look the person in the eye, and talk about the group. It just is impersonal to have the helmet on and doing it. I know exactly why 501st is going to tell you that that's wrong. You're breaking character. You're breaking the Disney magic. Whatever. I don't care. Because it is Disney magic now. Right. Now, Whatever. Now, now, you have a kid that's crying. And that's something you should... That should be an exception to the rule every single time. Right. I, I, I've, I've always took my bucket off and I kneel down next to him. To show them that that, that yeah, bring one, yourself to their level. Right, I'm there. I'm at their level, and then I'm a guy inside of a costume. That's all I am. Yeah, I try to get it so I can get my glove off so they can see my fingers. Too. I I talk to them and I say, you know how you like to dress up for Halloween, right. right? And they're always like, yeah. I'm like, well, I like to do that all the time. Don't you like Halloween? Yeah. Well, so do I. So much that I do it all the time, and that actually puts a kid's mind at ease because then you can give them something that they're connecting with i mean a lot of kids right. love halloween and they're the like oh my that, gosh now i get it i love halloween too the one person that comes to mind for me that is that one girl from the devil's game yeah the, the last oh. game we went to yes so i so so all's all that and here i'm gonna put this all in a different perspective now and and this is the one that i jumped to as soon as i heard this story who gives a flying rip and i mean that in in, in the just realest of sense who cares what anybody thinks about any of this. We are all plastic people playing in a plastic universe, taking pictures with kids, and raising money for charity. Who cares who's got the better costume, the more accurate costume, who's in the movies and who's not, who's on a TV show and who's fake, who's real. There is no real here, first off. Everybody's made up. It's all made up. George Lucas made this stuff up. It's space wizard and stuff. Now, if you want to go for screen accurate, sure. Then you should have garbage can bags underneath your stormtrooper costume. And TIE pilots shouldn't have anything beyond the front because they never finished the back of the costumes. And, I mean, like, I could go on and on and on and on about all the things that are wrong with the costumes in the movies. And then you go to our costumes. And to be honest with you, our costumes are more accurate than those movie costumes because they're more finished than the movie costumes. Because you know what? They're on a budget. So are we. But our budget's just a little bit more than they're going to spend on each individual person. I mean, that's just being truthful. But none of that matters. None of it matters. And, and the other thing is, is the only person that's not going to be able to take his helmet off is going to be the guy that's costuming the, as the Mandal- Mandalorian. Correct. 
Which I go back to what we've talked about. We we have a belief about what that rule is. And, and we'll talk about it when we get to the episode. But I don't think it has anything to do with the Mandalorian culture. I believe, and Gary, correct me if I'm wrong, you believe the same thing. It has to do with the that clan. Right. And that clan's expectations. So there's different expectations per clan. That's what I believe. Uh-huh. And at this particular clan, is that's their expectation. I have more things to say about that clan, but I want to save it when we get to that okay. episode. I didn't so. know if it's the same thing, kind of like where the one character was talking about how he sits at the table with the Empire and we're forced under the control. And I know that's another episode, but is yeah. that, that would be a clan expectation, not necessarily a Potentially, Mando- yeah. Man- okay. Oh, wow, that changes a lot. What if each clan had its own set of guidelines? Which, yeah. Um, uh, to an extent, the Mercs have that. Each clan handles yeah. things a little differently, which is okay. We've always encouraged that. And I do really do truly think that Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni and all these people have actually looked at what our group's been doing over the past several years. And this is where I think a lot of people are jealous. I think this is what this is. Yeah. This is flat out jealousy, quite honestly, because I think Kathleen Kennedy has looked at our group along with some of these other folks, Filoni in particular, has seen what we have done and they're replicating it on the screen. I mean, they're literally bringing our costuming group to life. Right. And and we they're not doing that with the 501st. No, but they are inviting the 501st to come film and stuff. So what? Yeah, the 501st should not be ungrateful for the things they have. Well, yes, they, they, they will, because they only contacted one garrison. Right. They didn't contact the whole legion. You're but, right, Gary. But you it do was wanna, only one garrison. You're absolutely right. But you All don't right. want to try to contact the whole 501st if only the garrison in California can make it. Now, if I'm well, wrong... Who, who, who's to say that? But if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, Gary, part of the people of this Project Mayhem are part of the garrison that was... Yes. Correct? Yep. So we may be looking at some of the guys who are on the set for The Mandalorian maybe part of this Project Mayhem, correct? I, I think so. I'm pretty sure that is the case, too. And that irks me if that's the case. And... Those people should never be allowed to do any LFL anything ever again. It, I think their heads got bloated. And, and they, it goes back to what I said about jealousy because, hey, who is the main thing of this whole TV show? The guy with the big T-visor, Mandalorian. Exactly. It has nothing to do with the Stormtroopers storm yep. or anything else. The Stormtroopers and the Legion and the Rebel Legion, they all had their representation. It's time for the Mercs to get theirs, and that's what it is. I, I really, I agree with you, Gary. I think that's what this all, yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm convinced that's what a lot of this Buckets Off thing is all about, and we need to end this. This is really stupid, and I'll say this. You know what? All these years that we've been put down, and now we're on top. The Mercs are on top, right? I get it. But we've always been supportive of the Rebel Legion and 501st. We never, yes. we worked so hard to never put them down. And that's because a lot of us were part of those groups. Yep. And what I find interesting is now that the shoe's on the other foot, it's not working out the other way. So for those people who are thinking like that, time to get off your high horse, back it off just a little bit, and think about why the Mercs are so proud of who they are. That's because we have fought tooth and nail. And I've been there. I'm number 10. I've been there the whole time. I know I keep saying that, but I, I just can't help. Fine. Um, what number is Gary? Because I know I'm like one five seven. Five. I don't know. Do you remember what your number is, Gary? Five eight five. So he's five. Yeah. So he's he's you know not about a generation before you. Yeah. But I, I mean, like I, I've been there. I this, the fight we've had to get our recognition, to to do all this, to to be able to be where we are as Merc members, and to now see our our vision come true on a TV show. 
uh, I just I can't believe that the brothers that I thought would stand by me and be right. like applauding us and and this show are suddenly the ones tearing it all apart. And that's the part I guess is I'm, it just I'm heartbroken by. Bad batch. So like it's just a handful of bad pa- uh, people in the Bible first, or is it like? Well, the part that's disheartening to me is yes, it seems to be a small batch. But they're le- they're all in leadership positions. And a majority of them. Oh, and, well, that's and, less. Fun. And they won't come out and say it, but they are elitist. They are elitist. I thought and, for a second it was coming from multiple people in different states, and well, they are, and even in some different countries. But they're not only in leadership positions. I'm going to say this flat out. I really think they're bullying people. Yes, I really do. People with power. Now, this is all the... I'm going to get into all this. Sorry, I know it way too well because I teach it. People with power who have power over other people and they are repeatedly and consistently going after the same people. Now, I'm probably going to bully for saying this, but I don't care. That is the definition of bullying. And these people are doing it. And I am I cannot believe that the 501st is letting Project Mayhem do what they're doing. What should happen within this organization, they should root these people out and there should be consequences for your actions. Now, what if all not what if not all of them are five first or they're in the Rebel Legion? What if they're not in Rebel Legion? I think Legion, all the in... groups should be rooting these people out. I don't care if it's five first Rebel Legion. What if they're not even in the fandom? If, if they're they... not in the fandom, that's a different story. What then if, that's it, on us to it, get them it, it, on, it, online. In a screen rant, I read a uh, comment where <laughs> a guy said that the next convention I go to and I see a merc without his helmet on, I'm going to tell him that he's got. Take your costume right. off and uh, retire it. Retire it. Right. You, you see, the, that's the elitism I'm talking about. That wow. is... Right. And that's so, the craziness that's going on. So if a kid's crying and I take my bucket off to console the kid, I can't ever costume again. That's what, that's, that's what they're trying to say. That's what they're trying to say. Where's the logic? They're using the Mandalorian as their basis for that. The Mandalorian's a show. It's myth. It's it's <laughs> well, it's all myth. That's my point, Austin. Right? Uh, okay. So put this all aside. Here's what I'm going to say. On the plus side of all this, we are playing in the same universe, and we get to play there. It is so cool that we get to play in this science fiction universe. Stop inviting. Stop arguing about it. Just let everybody play. That's all I ask. Give everybody a shot here. R2D2 Builders Club, Saber Guild. Uh, Dark Empire, Mandalorian Mercs, Rebel Legion, Five Hundred First—it doesn't matter. Let everybody dabble in this pool, and we can do it together. Because you know what? It's a huge Star Wars universe, and it's unbelievable that we have some people trying to stop others from doing it. Side note: Is there a separate organization for like customers that do like a, man, a, a bounty hunter Trandoshan or a? There is, and I don't remember what they're called, like okay. pirates, like scum and villain. Okay, that's what it's called. I was so. just curious because there's been a couple people who talked about being oh, in yeah. the Mando. Yeah. Okay, so those were our thoughts on all those things, and in particular on the Buckets Off situation, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, head on over to our website, galaxycast.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're going to take a break here, and we're going to come back in just a moment to talk about the very first episode of The Mandalorian! Look, what's that ahead? Are those asteroids? No, they're commercials. We'll be right back. This holiday season, give the gift of Netflix and enjoy streaming shows like Stranger Things, The Crown, and Making a Murderer. And in 2019, we'll have even more programming to choose from because we've gone crazy. 
right. We're spending billions of dollars and making every show in the world. Our goal is the endless scroll. By the time you reach the bottom of our menu, there's new shows at the top, and thus the singularity will be achieved. How are we doing it? Simple. We buy everything. Here's a look at one of our actual pitch meetings. So, this show is about a girl named Ginny. Yes, here's money. Go, make it, make We're even buying stuff from ourselves. We love Claire Foy as Queen Elizabeth so much, we're sending her back to high school. I'm in over my crown. It's Saved by the Crown. We've got so many shows. Even we haven't seen them all, like Kenny Meet Deepa. It's been on for three seasons, and only one woman watches it. Hello, I'm Ruth, and I love Kenny Mead Depot. Thanks, Ruth. And hey, we still got movies, thousands of them, 12 of which you want to watch. We even made all the fake movies from Entourage. Betty Ian and Queens Boulevard. And we've got reboots. Like our dark take on Sabrina? Then you'll love our Gritty Family Matters reboot. Officer Winslow. Oh, Lara, my pet. I love you. Get the f out of my house. Why did I do that? But don't worry, we also got that comedy. Like comedians in cars getting coffee. Or Leslie Jones in a van getting batteries. Let's go get some deer cells. Oh, man, I think I hit that dude on the bike. It'll take 12 human lifetimes to watch all of our content. So start watching now. Ever since Linda started working, our kids are home alone. We tried hiring a nanny, but she wanted health insurance. Yeah, right. That's when we got to mess the body. He's great with the kids. This is Lawrence. Tommy has some skin magazines under the bed. And he helps us, too. Would you like your drink, Christian? He's a great conversation piece at our special parties. Please put your car keys in the hat and the phone will begin. It's like having a personalized alarm clock. I brought you a drink. Ah, it's 8 in the morning. I made it a double. Oh, Domestabot! Domestabot. He's three foot high. He only says ten phrases. He's the friend you've always dreamed of. Order Domestabot today. Be careful! This place is crawling with Biker Scouts! Don't worry, they don't match for us Ewoks! From Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection, Wicked W. Warwick and Princess Nisa each sold separately. Wait, Nisa, here comes a Biker Scout! W. Warwick and Princess Nisa each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world.
Thank you for your patience during our galactic promotions. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we review Season 1, Episode 1 of The Mandalorian. I can't believe I'm actually saying that for the first time. And Austin has spoken. Uh, so, <laughs> our first episode of The Mandalorian. For you guys, what? how many times have you watched it before this point? Be honest. Ten. <laughs> yeah, it's about my tenth time. Gary, any, any ideas how many times you've watched it? Uno. No. This is your first time? No. Oh. Yeah, how time. many times have I watched it before this time? One. Uno. One time before this point. Yep. Okay. There was a lot here going on for the first episode. I was actually, like, I was taken aback the very first time I watched it because there actually was a lot going on in one episode. Oh, yeah. And one thing I was saying to Gary that kind of caught my eye right from the very beginning is just how, like, this feels like a movie. I had to keep reminding myself it's just a TV show because it just, in 30 to 5 to 40 minutes, I felt like I got told half of a Star Wars movie. And I just felt like it was really good in that regard. I mean, as far as, like, you definitely were in the Star Wars universe. I wonder if you could edit the episodes as they come out together and maybe make a cohesive film out of it. Well, I think that you actually is a goal. You could possibly, if you wanted to, download them and turn them into a film. It wouldn't be something I would encourage, but I imagine somebody would probably go do that and edit together as a three- or four-hour film. I think that is ultimately Filoni's goal, is that they would all cohesively be put together into one thing you could watch all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, we could we could go on and on and talk about every scene, but I, I, I really, you know, I, I want to... Let's break it down a little bit better than that. I would. What, what are your guys' favorite... What's, what's your favorite moment from this episode? Like, what's the one part of this episode that really stuck out to you? Now, now that you've watched it ten-plus times with Gary for the second time... What's the one that sticks out for you? I can't really put one moment down. It's really like the episode as a whole is really put well together. Um, the, the shootout with uh, IG-11. That was you think the, the IG-11 shootout is the one that sticks out for you? Yeah. For me. Okay. Um, what did you like about that scene, Gary? Like, what was your favorite part of that scene? Favorite part of it? Yeah, like, what? why, what, why did it stick out? What about it made it stick out for you? It's spaghetti western. Yeah, okay. I get it. Oh. Yeah, it had the Clint Eastwood feel to it, right? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know if this is me, but I feel like his armor is a little loose, so it makes that like spur sound as he's walking. No, actually, the armor's not loose. The spur sound was added in by the, the ta- sound technicians, oh. and Filoni uh, talked about that at Celebration. Like They went out of their way to give this a Western feel. Like When Pedro Pascal asked him, he's like, okay, what do I need to go and watch to get ready for this character? He's like, I need to know, like, what am I preparing for? And Filoni gave him all these old spaghetti Westerns. Like, kind all of like what old... you've got over there on the shelf kind of thing. Yeah, kind of like those. A, yeah. There's a few. You got them from David Yeah, a while and, back. and so so he told him, go watch. You know, he gave him all these, the, the uh, not the Seven Samurai, what's Mag 7 is what the Seven Samurai is yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Magnificent Seven. He told yeah. him watch Magnificent Seven, the original. Okay, the the older version of the Magnificent Seven. The one with Chris Pratt and No. And then he told him to start watching and he gave him a whole bunch of different movies. But basically they're all old spaghetti westerns. He says, That's the style I want you to have. Mm-hmm. And then when we watch that scenes, okay, when we watch the scenes, 
the scene that we watched is actually the one with the stormtroopers and all of that. They said they were they because we watched the rough edit, and Filoni had said there is some things missing there, uh, and it was funny. Pascal goes, "Yeah, the chinking," and he goes, yeah, "That's right, you're right." So he said they were going to add the chinking of the spurs in later on, and it was funny because we watched it, we didn't have that chink chink when he walked in, and. As we watched the show, this the the last though the first time around, I, it immediately caught my ear that you could hear the Spurs, uh, just because they mentioned it during during celebration. So I just thought that was kind of cool. Um, you know, that's that's a, the ironic thing. the The scene that I still to this day has grabbed my attention is the very first one, the yeah. bar scene. I don't know why that's sticking in my head is like one of my favorite scenes. Other than it just to me shows the cavalierness of the of the Mandalorian like he's just there to get a bounty on like that's his job he wants to get a bounty he's there to get a bounty and so like I that first scene I just thought was so cool oh, the door opens up and he's got the command presence that's yeah like. well in the music there was something about that right. music that that like you know you you had that western yeah you had that western feel to the music i love the music i'm not even sure who wrote I the want music him to be commended we, for that. we looked at it it was some uh guy from sweden remember we couldn't even pronounce his no, name it was german it was swedish oh, okay. um we couldn't even pronounce his name and i was like it, it just i i loved the music the guy the whole thing was just as far as the music was concerned was very well put together. I, I thought it was interesting going back to your scene, Gary. That and I didn't realize that IG Eleven was voiced by Taika Waititi. Yeah, which you know I just I still can't you know every time I hear the whole I shall initiate self destruct. <laughs> I just I thought that there's, whole part was so just hysterical. Uh, I liked the first scene too because you got a chance to see not just the Mandalorian but the guys in the bar. Like it felt a lot more like the cantina scene out of New Hope. And it totally just took me back there. The only thing that was missing was the band in the corner, but I was okay with the band missing. Uh, You know, because we didn't need to hear that same song. So, Austin, what was your favorite scene from from the first episode of the series? Honestly, it's the standoff when he's doing the deal. The one guy walks in and it turns into, he quickly pulls the sniper off his... So when the, when, the, yeah. when he's in with the stormtroopers and when and he the guy enters walks that in. scene with the stormtroopers, they look a little eerily creepy. Yeah, with like the rusting of the armor, it kind of looks oh. cool. Well, obviously the, the Imperials are uh, defeated. Right, they're dead. I know, so are they stormtroopers? Not really, but no, they gotta be. They gotta be pirates of some sort in yeah. stormtrooper armor. But the they're, rust. They're, it looks like there's like rust or maybe dead blood on some of the armor they, too. They, they are the the bodyguards of the Moffat. Yeah, right. Um, that's what they leaving him as the client. I really love a name for him, but well, I also thought it was interesting that the armor did. I agree with you, Austin. I think it almost looked like uh, Death Trooper armor. Yeah, right? like, I was waiting for one of them to have almost a zombie like skull hanging out of one of them because they, they looked that beat up. I don't know. They just they just did. Well, by the way, for those people that don't know, or for anybody in here who doesn't know, the guy that walked in, they have confirmed is a cloner. The guy who hired. The, um, the Mandalorian. Dr. Pershing. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, he is a cloner. So the real question is... What was he going to do with Baby Yoda? Yeah. See, that's... He well, remember, he's not Baby Yoda. We've been through this before, oh, and I want to be clear about that. Because there's still this argument about, oh, he's Baby Yoda. He's not Baby Yoda. I want to be clear, because Yoda is already dead. He is a species like Yoda that is a baby. 
I know other people don't know what to do with that, and I get that. They're calling him uh, Yodeling. Well, I mean, you could call him what Disney's been calling him all along, which is the asset, which is what Disney's been referring to him as. Okay. He's just the asset. Do you at think this point. that it, he was hired to clone the asset? His name is Yodelehihu. <laughs> <laughs> Yoda's name is the first part, so maybe his name is Lehi, and then their son will be Hu. Yeah. So Yoda, Lehi, Hu. Um, <laughs> what, what is your guys' uh, thinking and... I don't know. The I, asset. I am still in the air on that. It's weird I, to call him the asset. I think he's a... Cloner from the Clone Wars era. No, 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 no. no, no. The, the, the asset, the asset. Oh, what about the asset? Yeah. What, what, what do you think the asset is? What do I think it is? Like, do you think that it's a clone of Yoda, or do you think it's an actual baby of the same species? I think it's a baby of the same species. I think the reason the cloner wants him is I think he's actually looking to clone a Force user because it's been tried at least i mean i know it's legacy it's been tried in the past but they failed darth plagueis is canon true and did they clone in darth plagueis they've tried to clone a force user and And it was unsuccessful they can clone the body but they cannot clone the midichlorians correct so that's why like i i'm wondering if they were attempting again but maybe with better technology or or better or maybe new new information I, they didn't have before I'm in an attempt maybe, to clone the midi-chlorians. I'm thinking more along the lines that the doctor wanted him to clone for to make sure the species lived on and the client which is whatever his name is was more of a middleman to make it happen. Not necessarily wanting to clone it because he's a Jedi, more cloning him because he's the last of the species it, and he wants to save it. It does species. make me wonder why the species of the asset, why they, we've only seen Yoda, Yaddle, and now this particular creature. According, Are they that rare? Um, or have they been killed off that much? Because they seem pretty powerful as a creature. Or are they just that rare? There are others in the legends. I get that, and I understand and that, that they've mentioned. But again, not many. Not many of them no, at all. No, they're like a handful. No more than six. Of course, so. I, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm kind of loathsome to ask where he came from because that means maybe Yoda and Yaddle somewhere along the way. <laughs> There's a meme. <laughs> There's a meme out there. Of it. It's Obi-Wan holding yep, it in the yeah. notes. <laughs> well, it's baby gizmo to begin with, so. This is true. Um, don't feed him after midnight and don't get him wet. <laughs> I think that when Phantom Menace was around, came out, yeah. And Qui-Gon kept telling Anakin was the chosen one. Maybe it was the wrong one. Right. Oh, so... The this, chosen one is... Uh, the asset the, here. Yeah. And you've said that. I have said that. What if they chose the wrong chosen one? And they, I have said that are, before. They, Anakin and this creature is the same age. That would be true. Yeah, 50 years apart. Yeah, you're right. It would be the same age. Really? So it have been born right around the same year. Yes. Oh, you might be onto something there, Gary. So he is the chosen one. Right. Maybe Anakin was put forward as a fake chosen one to get the Jedi to think they found the chosen one to hide Could be. the asset. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and Palpatine's the one that played with the Midichlorians and uh, Shmi. Correct. Yeah. Y'all are just weird. Which could tie into the Rise of Skywalker. You right. got a valid point there. Palpatine's coming back. Yep. Oh, and maybe still, the chosen one shows up in the Rise of Skywalker, fully 
fully grown, fully operational, fully operational. <laughs> <laughs> so his battle station is fully yeah. operational. So, 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 so they can say that you underestimated the power <coughs> of this fully operational Jedi, <laughs> youngling asset, <laughs> chosen one, chosen one, uh, and then we finally get a name of the character or whatever, and. And this time the the asset wins instead of Yoda who lost. Right. Oh, this could be. Yeah, I like this idea. See, we should be writing Star Wars stuff even if we're not. <laughs> okay. It, 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 and his name. Yeah. It's going to be Jacob. Jacob. <laughs> is it Jacob Marley? Because then we're going. I was going to say, far. is he Marley and Marley? If it's not Jacob, it's going to be Jasper or something. You know? Yeah, something weird. Yeah, some weird. Well, wait, wait, wait. If he's Jasper, then his last name's Sitwell. Gosh. Okay, so was there anything in this episode you guys didn't like? Was there any like scene that you were kind of like, nah, we didn't need that? Was there a scene in this this episode you felt like that? Only like a small snippet was the blurg. The blurg? The blurg thing. But I get it's more kind of like old western trying to tame the wild bronco. See, I kind of like the blurg only because they referenced, you know, you're a Mandalorian. Your people rode mythosaurs. Which I have a question: How big is a mythosaur? Because I know huge, huge. So would it be like? A clan would ride a mythosaur, like one clan would be on one mythosaur, and the thing's huge, like a gigantic... Well, no, giant. each individual person rode the mythosaur, but the mythosaur was a massive, massive creature. Think of, like, a mastodon, like that size. Okay. So you're talking about bigger than an elephant. And, yeah. and Mandalorians were known to tame them and ride them. Huge, massive creatures. Which is what the mythos skull is Which from. is more the mythosaur skull is from, correct. Okay. So that face you see is the, the face of the creature with the tusks, kind of like an elephant. And that's where the mythosaur is. And I know a lot of people ask that online too. They're like, "Wait, what? What? Why are they talking about this?" I had, I had, a, I, had a, I had a Wikipedia. Yeah, a lot of people did that. And you, you'd be amazed how many people Googled Mandalorian mythosaur. There was like five of them that they they went out and kind of like Googled within minutes of the Disney Plus app being up, and Google reported all these things that were kind of up. And mythosaur was one of the ones that tagged pretty quickly. But mythosaurs, uh, they're kind of lizard dragon like yes and if you watch the if I'm wrong right you're, the um, holiday special that was supposed to be a mythosaur right that he's riding in that I believe I thought it was a dewback myself but. it looks like a dewback but I always thought that was supposed to be yeah. a mythosaur but I might be wrong but yeah they're they're a massive massive creature okay. uh, the, see I liked that scene actually uh, just because I, of that reference point but. but I have a conflict with the Blurg being existing unless we are on Ryloth because in the Clone Wars it's mentioned that the Blurg are indigenous to Ryloth yeah so doesn't mean that they get transported off the planet yeah maybe they, maybe like frogs on, on Australia and the Simpsons they came here and they procreated unnaturally or whatever and well I was thinking invaded like, this, this planet I was thinking more like if you pull from US history somebody brought over a couple different horses Sa- yeah and, same idea somebody came to the planet with some blurgs and let them go <laughs> and they bred like rabbits uh, uh, I get which, what you're saying Noah yeah. the, the blurg scene wasn't as so, important as everything else how and this is going to be the weird question if the, if the male blurgs are eaten during mating season how's there's more mate if they're same, all female same way the praying mantises and uh, yeah there are other creatures that do that you know oh well okay yeah praying mantises the females eat the male after they impregnate them was there a scene that for you Gary that didn't work yeah the the sea creature thing there ah dang it you took mine I I agree with you I didn't like that scene at all for two reasons first off I didn't think the sea creature was really 
that big of a deal. Yeah, it looked like a big walrus, really. Um, and I really kind of thought the only reason we put that whole scene in was so we could put the guy from Big Bang Theory riding the um, speeder, just to give him a part. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems gratuitous to give certain actors a part just because they want to make a give him a scene or something. Is I don't it, know. I just felt like it was gratuitous just to do that. Hasn't he? And gotten, kill him off. Hasn't he really gotten full of himself about that? Well, he thought he was the bomb because he's been in the Mandalorian. But I mean, yeah, remember he's the bomb. He's been in the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, he was the bomb before that point. He was proud of it. Wasn't I, he asking for like a table at the Star Wars section of New York well, Comic Con or something crazy like that? Um, there were rumors that he was. I mean, I'm more concerned about the fact that you know, to me, he was such a minor character, and to spend that much time to kill him off, have a scene fighting the creature, I just it was seemed unnecessary. I mean, to compare it to everything else that was going on, everything else moved the story forward. I felt that, like that scene didn't do anything. I felt like that scene yet yeah, wasn't moving the story forward, but they tried to build some tension of trying to. Do Maybe a little bit. The only thing I saw that was good about that scene is you got a chance to see the rifle in action, other than just shooting. So you finally got a chance to see the electrode part of I it. I still don't like the why and it's just something I can't you gotta go watch the holiday special I've It'll watched totally the holiday, spe- holiday special alone and I've watched the holiday special with you and Ian I just don't like it, it well, that's, funky. that's the original Boba Fett gun I mean, I mean I it's really right there it, it really wasn't a gun either it was no it was more like a cattle a, prod yeah. <laughs> at least that was the general you know. because he was a beast master in that, in that episode correct you're right yeah and he, he controlled creatures and stuff And okay so you know all right, is there any characters you guys felt like you didn't like at all during this episode? The, the guy that sat on the bar on the far end, I didn't care for him. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying there are, cre- <laughs> there are people that, that like struck you as like, why why do we even why do we even bother this? The one guy that kind of weirded me out is the guy who kept asking if that's real Beskar steel, that guy. Oh, okay. That's weird. Both of those two were weird, but that one was more weird, especially because he was talking about the glands and the, the scent of the one dude that this yeah, is about. Yeah, he'll have I'm sweet si- glands because he's a young one and I'm, stuff I'm like that. I'm sitting there going, what are you doing? <laughs> I was kind of like, why would you care about sweet glands and how sick are you? Like, is he a pedophile well, or something? You know, well, like, with the one guy who was in the speaker saying something about the skank pit, I'm like, uh... Yeah. May- some pe- <laughs> maybe he's harvesting it so they can make perfume out of it. Who knows, yeah. Ah, uh, that was different than what I was thinking, Gary. Uh, I guess the one thing I didn't didn't particularly the one person I didn't particularly care for uh, throughout this this entire first episode, um, I thought it was really the bartender scene. As much as I liked it and all the stuff, I kind of felt like everybody else in that scene just sat back and watched it all. And when you think about a bar fight, right? Nobody's gonna just sit back and watch. They're gonna participate. And I kind of felt like. It would have turned into kind of like... I would have rather seen the Mandalorian take on the whole bar. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I agree with you, but if you watch a lot of Westerns, they, they didn't get involved with what's, what's going on either. So there's just the main people that fall. I don't know. I'm thinking about a lot of old Westerns where I saw the whole bar get into a fight. They might not have been with the, like, the one person, but with each other. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, it was just, it's mostly the, the, main, the main protagonists that are uh, uh, causing the problem. You would have wore, more or less wanted something like out of Clone Wars where they like they go into Mos Eisley and it's... Yeah. See, now, now if there's a character I could have done without, but for different <coughs> reasons, it's the blue guy. I, I thought he was a little annoying, to be honest. Like, the, go, the whole, I'm going to go use the bathroom, and I'm going to go check out the, you know, oh, look, there's so, a gun locker. I really um, want to know what he was trying to, what do you think he was trying to do prior to opening gun locker? Was he trying to find an escape pod? 
Well, I think he was trying to find something that would maybe get undo the binders, the binders yeah. so that he could maybe try to escape. You know, he can't use a gun when his hands are bound together. Uh, you know what I mean? If you have a pistol, you could. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot, kid. You're going to shoot your eye out. Yeah. If you had the hands bound here where he had them, you could just grab the gun like this. They had to prove that the holiday special existed <laughs> because of Life Day. Yeah. Um, they had to show that the Mando's, his weapons are his religion thing. Which, I, I love that saying in the next, oh, we'll um, talk about that when we get to that in the next episode. They had to show the crapper because everybody wants to know. How do they go to the bathroom How do they space? go to the bathroom in space, right. <laughs> right. You know? Um, <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it just freeze when it goes out there because how cold the space is? So wouldn't you be freezing it to the ship? Um, son, let's not overthink pooping but, in but, space, but, okay? But, but here's the thing. <laughs> Who's seen it's getting jettisoned out into the into space? Hmm? You know, they had those pits on that planet where they're dumping all that stuff. Well, that's what that was. Could be. Already. <laughs> right? Just think of it as an RV. Yeah. Uh, no. Big no. old rolling turd. <laughs> rolling turd. No, uh, I'm thinking about it still. You're welcome. Um, the poop thing. Yeah. <laughs> the Wendell Bagel from Spaceballs. That's what, yeah, that's right. what the whole thing reminds me <laughs> We break for no one. <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the Reader's Crest looks like to me. Right. Really? You think that's what it looks like? Yeah. To I me, guess you could kind of I see was that. I gonna say to me, if you look at um, in the Bounty Hunter game, it looks like the old shit that Jango. I, I don't flies. care what the Bounty Hunter game says. Or, no, or no, 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 like, no, no, no. No, I, I could care less about it. Rolling turn. Rolling I'm saying that. I could, care, I could care less about it. It doesn't look nothing like that. Rolling it looks turn. like where the engine space at least. Rolling turn. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's that's Paul. That's all I'm I hope you know this. Yeah, I know. I'm going to ridicule you with that. I hope you know this. So, I guess we should rate these now. You know, zeros that don't bother, tens that must see. You know, this is going to be tough for us because it's the Mandalorian, right? We're a little biased. Uh, now, here's the one request I have. Do not compare this with Star Wars Resistance because it's so unfair at this point. It's not even funny. Okay, so who wants to go first? Who wants to rate it first? Don't everybody jump all at once. <laughs> Apparently I am because Gary looked at me. Okay, uh, awesome. I'm going to give it a solid nine. Okay. It was near spectacular. Uh, actually, it was spectacular, but I never give a perfect 10 to everything because there's always room for improvement. A lot of the things I really liked, Lord was a little meh, but I understand it. I really wanted to see more of his sniper rifle action. I would have loved to have him sitting up on the perch when he first came in and kind of picking off a couple guys with the sniper rifle. Don't worry, you get to see it later. I was going to say, I, I hold my tongue on that because there's more in the next episode. Yep. Stuff like that. Go I was gonna say I do like the way the IG unit walks around. It kind of reminds me more of the assassin droid in Clone Wars rather than IG88, which we really am still in action. Okay. I'll pass it to Gary. Gary, what do you think of this one? I'll give it a G. A G? What's a G? Good. Okay. <laughs> what is that out of ten? Well, do the math. <laughs> is that an eight out of ten? A nine out of ten? I believe it's seven. A seven out of ten? Okay. Seven. Okay. All right. Are you holding your, your uh, back for the next episode, or? Well, it started off strong, and I feel that the rest of the episodes uh, start going down. What did you guys think of the surprise ending with the asset? I mean, like, what, when you first saw that the asset was a baby version of Yoda, what was your initial thought? The next Porg. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Black Friday toy. 
Except that the toys. Had I know. Didn't even come I guess my initial thought was, "Holy crap!" Like, I mean, seriously. Like, yeah. I just kind of thought in my head, "Like, holy crap!" And and you knew it wasn't Yoda because you know you, well, you knew Yoda was okay. dead by this point. So I mean, I I, I, I will give you that, Bob, and I'll, I'll even go as far as uh, quote a uh, Rick and Morty episode. Okay, hey, I haven't I don't watch Rick and Morty, but yeah, son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it. Yeah, like, it, it did do that to me. I will, I will shut give up you that. and take my money. Well, and especially when he pulled his gun up and shot the IG Eleven, who was going to shoot, well, the asset, you know. Uh, that's where I think they could have. They, uh, I feel they dropped the ball a little bit on that one. Okay. Um, instead of having him shoot IG-11, have a, a rival, leave it on a cliffhanger type of thing. Right, I get what you're saying. Where uh, where maybe the IG-11's pointing the gun at Baby Yoda, since we have no other the asset. Right. And instead of the Mandalorian shooting him, he just gets shot, and the Mandalorian just kind of looks, and then they leave it. Right. Right? Yeah, I could could totally see that. that. Yeah. I mean, that could have worked, too. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But you really can't shoot the asset. It's a kid. You could. I, I could. I, I could do it. But I think there's something more going on here, and I think the Mandalorian knows there's something more going on yeah, here. Yeah, you, you want to know my theory on the whole thing? What's your whole theory? Who saved them? The asset? No, who saved the Mandalorian? My Mandalorian when he was a kid. Uh, I'm assuming one of the Mandalorians themselves. No. You think one of the assets did? The, 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 the Separatists are fighting... The clones and the, the, the Jedi. Okay. All right. Everybody's saying it's going to be Obi Wan that saves them. I think it was Yoda. Oh, I get what you're saying, and that's why he's got right. Some, um, he's got some. He's got a connection, connection to there. Right. Okay. That would be kind of cool. Would that I be? Could, I could be good with that. Would that be the flashback scenes where we? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen it. I said to Gary, I'm like, you think we'll ever see? Oh yeah. His whole so, story. I mean, okay. I think we will, but. That's a valid... I, I guess I never thought of that theory. I it's thought, a cool one. I thought that stuff's part of the Great Purge, which is happening No, that the Empire. No, no. <laughs> the, 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 the Purge happened during the Empire taking over. Right. Okay. So... So that would be long before this point. Okay. Because the Mandalorian's not that old. He's... He's okay. maybe okay. 30 or 40, okay. I would imagine, okay. at this point. Yeah. Okay. So, right. just, you know, putting that in perspective. So, I, I, I'm going to be honest... I give it a ten. I, I still, even to this point, chills up the back and over over top the head. Him walking in to the to get his Beskar steel made, seeing other Mandalorians walking around. I mean, there is not a moment of this episode where I did not feel like I am in the Star Wars universe. I am so immersed. All I could think of after Celebration, and we saw like three quarters of the scene, we all were walking away saying, that is the Star Wars we've been dying to see that we've been missing. I feel that I've been soured on Star Wars with the movies. Yeah. Did this bring you back? It did and it didn't at the same time. Okay. All right, because I'm still concerned what's going to be screwed up later on. I guess part of me has has faith in the fact that it's Filoni and and, and, and Favreau that have got their hands on it. And and as we go along in the episodes, I'll explain why I say that. I get it, I get it. Plus they have Lucas on the set, which is a little bit more of the original He was on the set once. He was only on the set once. He wasn't there the whole time. You know what I thought was interesting, though? When I watched this show, I was up with my parents up in Rochester. And, Gary, you'll, you'll, get, you'll find this hysterical. And Austin knows this already. Yes. I put, it, I put it on my parents' big screen TV. They have a, a screen TV that's about, about as big as mine. 
So I had hooked my laptop up. I brought my HDMI cable up with me. I hooked it up to the TV. And my dad was doing some stuff while my mom was in the hospital. And all of a sudden, he walks by the screen and he stops. And he goes, what's this? I go, well, it's a new TV show, Dad, uh, uh, based on Star Wars. And my dad goes, oh, I got to sit down and watch this. And we were already at the scene where the uh, we just met the Nick Nolte character. My dad sat there and watched the whole thing and was just like, this is awesome. This is a TV show? It looks like a movie. Like it's, He kept saying that the whole time. No. And he was enthralled. And he said, uh, well, when you're done with this, you got to show me some more of this because this was really cool. He was actually excited. My dad, who quite honestly doesn't watch science fiction all that much. No. At least not since like Doctor Who of the 80s, what he watched with me. And I think he just did that because he knew I was into it. And he actually got hooked on this show and that's just after one watching of, it, of an episode oh and, that, that's the western part and i think that's it i think that, i think he got drawn into that right. yeah correct me if you're wrong i was about to say correct me if you if i'm wrong if he watched westerns as a kid more well, he likely he probably he did. absolutely did yeah <laughs> uh, john uh, wayne uh, movies were a normal uh, I, natural I, part of his life often uh, in 50 years from now your kids are going to say to you did you watch science fiction? <laughs> right? Yeah. That's, did, did you watch the yeah. Marvel movies? Yeah. <laughs> you watch that will be the thing. Because that's the only thing that you can watch right now. Right. Star Wars and... And, uh, and back in the day, that's all you could watch was, was Westerns. Western. That was it. That was all that was on TV. It was all that was on... Right. I mean, even when I was younger, in, on Sunday afternoons, Westerns were kind of the thing. Everybody had them. Either, either you watch that or world, Wide World of Sports. Those were yeah. your two options. So what do you think is going to be the next production after science fiction? It would be oh, who knows? Deep horror or... Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. All right. So... All right, so those were our thoughts in this first episode of The Mandalorian. There you go, Ned. And there you go, Hondo. You were asked if we were going to do it. We did it. And there's now seven Bye, more Ned. episodes to go. So I'm excited. So episode one's in the bag, and we'd love to hear what from you. So head on over to our webpage, uh, galaxycast.com. Let us know what you think, or email us at galaxycast at gmail.com. By the way, we are now on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Play Music. We are on iTunes. We are on YouTube. I'm trying to put us everywhere. Uh, We're on Podomatic automatically. And uh, we hope that you check out our website and keep letting us know what you think. And uh, as we always like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may may the the force force be with those who listen to Jedi Killer Dillian. And that's that's the way. Shazam! Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You've failed me for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.